Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bonnie, I think I need a good luck. Oh, okay. Let's see. Good luck, Adam. Good luck, Adam. Good <laughs> luck, Adam. We wish you well tonight. Now I'm boiling with just that. the right amount of rage. Here we go. Stop <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, sure, Paula can tell some shaggy dog stories, but what can she do with an actual shaggy dog? Can she make it less shaggy and work her fairy godmother magic as she prepares it for a night on the town? We'll find out tonight on Career Corner when we welcome expert dog groomer Layla Parks. Plus, although we've been accused of not taking criticism gracefully, tonight we're going to change all that with our complaints department, in which we will honor you listeners by really hearing your negative feedback in a constructive frame of mind so we can truly attempt to understand all of your stupid bitching. I'm Adam Felber, this podcast St. Bernard, faithfully pulling the sledge of show forward through the squalls of irrelevance and the deep drifts of digression by only company a cartoonishly small cask of decent bourbon. And now, please welcome the woman who will enthusiastically bound after every wayward thought, grab it, rip it up, get it all covered with gunk, and then joyfully drop it at your feet and wait for you to throw it out there again and again and again. It's Paula Poundstone! Hey! Hi, Paula! Hey, you guys. Oh, 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 before I go any further. Yes. I want to thank tonight's house band returning champ William Nakamura on the tuba. Love him. Thank you, William. Wow. Um, I may have a negative outlook um, because I did not get good sleep last night. I mean, I spent years getting not good sleep, but this was some of the worst sleep I've ever had. In the old days, I used to sleep on the living room floor um, so that the cats could sleep with me because I don't let the cats in my bedroom. And uh, so I decided last night to sleep with the cats and the dogs in the living room. 
and I got the worst night's sleep. Now, none of these cats were even alive when I used to do that. There's a whole new batch of cats. Um, they, okay, I sleep with a pillow, you know, the kind that they sell to like college kids uh, with like a back and some arms to it. I don't know what oh, it's yeah, called. Oh, yeah, one of those slouchy things that often doubles as an on-bed armchair. Yes, exactly. So I I sleep with that, and there was a little hole in one of the seams, and the kittens found the hole last night. And so several times I woke up to the kittens pulling the stuffing out of that pillow and spraying it all over the living room. And I would, like, grab it and shove it back in, and then I'd go to sleep, and a little while I would hear them doing it again, and I couldn't get rid of them. (laughs) And the dogs, I kept waking up with one dog or the other just standing with his face over mine um, because they really didn't like sleeping with the cats, so they just kept wanting to go into my bedroom. They would sort of make that, you know glopping sound that a dog makes they know that's annoying and then they would have that look on their face like i just could we just go back in the bedroom that's where we usually sleep Uh, (laughs) i I slept mostly with my blanket over my head um because you know the cats are nocturnal so they race around for part of the night at one point i guess after i took the blanket off my head so that i could shove the stuffing back into the pillow i forgot and left it off and so i don't even know which cat left like a a tic-tac-toe uh design on the side of my head wow (laughs) and then of course there was the you know the time-honored in the other room and and i don't even know like i'm not even sure where it was uh, and so I haven't found that yet. That That's oh, a treat for later, I guess. That's going to be great. Yeah. That's going to be really fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, so I'm not well-rested. That's the thing. No, that's clear. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to have to be back in the bedroom <laughs> just listening to the cats scratch at my door. <laughs> hey, um, Paula, you know what it's time for? What's it time for, Adam? Our podcast, Paula Poundstone. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone's book club. Oh, boy. I'm it to order. Book club, book club, when are we gonna be done with the stupid fucking book? Book club, book club, I'm trying to be a sport. Book club, book club, here we go. Apparently, somebody else slept with their cats last night because that is not a good positive attitude. Wow! Yeah. yeah. Wow, Bonnie Burns. We're we're not going to start with you because we got to we got to try to make this a little bit uh, a little bit more positive. Okay, so we're reading Eat, Pray, Love, and this week we read uh, chapter sixteen through twenty five of Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert, and uh, none of us had been enjoying it up to this point. So stand by to find out if we started enjoying it. A quick summary: um, Elizabeth, though she's in Rome, felt depressed, thought about herself, felt more depressed. Talked to God, who is herself, got good advice that she loves her, um, felt better, went out and ate a lot, and spoke some Italian. Yeah, I think that sums it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't been reading the book long enough to know if that's the climax, um, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it very well might be. Uh, I related to some things in the book, I have to say. I forget what makes 
her tell this story, but she talks about at one point seeing herself in a mirror somewhere and not recognizing herself right away. Do you remember that? Yes, she instead recognized herself as someone she liked, a friend. Oh, right, right. Okay, I, I can't remember if I told you this story before, but I used to bust tables in a very narrow restaurant in Boston. And, um, I mean, that wasn't oh, yeah. its only appeal. Uh, but it did have mirrors to sort of make the place look bigger. Um, it had mirrors on both sides of this, you know, narrow uh, dining room. And I was walking by with a bus tray one day. And I, if you... Once you'd worked there long enough, you got used to sort of looking at people through the mirrors somehow, as opposed to necessarily turning around and seeing them. So anyway, so I was, I was walking with a bus tray and uh, on my hip, and I'm walking and I see this person in the in the mirror. And I'm trying to, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, they look familiar, and I'm trying to figure out who it was. Now, this happened within a, you know, a, a second. Um, but then I realized it's me. Uh, so I did relate to that part. I didn't relate to the part where she was like, oh, I, saw, I was a friend. I, I, when I recognized me, I was like, oh, her. Um, uh, and, <laughs> and the other thing, she gave a very good description, I thought, of depression. Now, part of it may have been because she did it in that sort of breathy, whiny women's music voice. But um, but I do have to say that her description of uh, of depression, I, I did kind of feel like, well, you know what? That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good description of that feeling. Um, the thing of uh, when she was writing to herself, this is like one of the ways that she sort of, you know. Yeah, she writes to God, but she answers as God. That that thing. Yeah. And I refer to that part of the book as the oh, please section um, <laughs> she says that she would write back to herself. Um, it, it, it was as if she was having a conversation with herself. And one of the things she says to herself is, I'm not leaving you. Yes. And I have to say that that may be part of the reason she's depressed. Yeah, you know, I got to say, you're right. And those two sections that you cited are very similar in that they're both affirmations that Elizabeth likes Elizabeth. Yeah, they're very close. But um, I do want to say that I found some things to like in, the, in these 10 chapters that I did not in earlier chapters. For one, she tells a couple of good jokes. Like when she talks about when she's depressed and she goes, um, buys all the self-help books, then she writes, um, I would buy them, but always being certain to wrap up the books in the latest issue of Hustler so that strangers wouldn't know what I was really reading. That's a decent joke. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I didn't hate these chapters. I just. Yeah. And, mm. and, and another thing I liked was that she talked about, for the first time, she talked about other people and actually described them, all of whom are more interesting than her. So they should have gotten even more ink as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, all, all her friends, uh, the, the married couple, Maria the American and, and Julio, uh, you know, the warring Italian couple, the, 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 these were really interesting characters, I thought. Yeah. I thought... Um... I think uh, she divides the... How does she divide the book up? She just explains it in the beginning. She divides it into sections based on, 
you know, worry beads. I think, I think every section we've read, like we started off with eat, pray, love, and now we've moved into the gorge, wine, pine section. <laughs> it's eat. It's eat. <laughs> That's all. Gorging, they whining, eat. and pining is, is what she thinks of as eating, I think. You know what else I thought was really weird? How she she keeps uh, she keeps thinking that this is like a real like therapeutic break- breakthrough when she'll say to herself, "What do you want to do, Elizabeth?" And it's always something like eat. Um, I think she might have a little eating disorder there, um, but I don't think it's a big therapeutic breakthrough to say to yourself, "What do you want to do." I don't think that's like a big breakthrough. Well, she's presenting it as though she spends her whole life living for other people. Yeah. Let's toss it out there to uh, to Bonnie Burns. Bonnie, what did you think of these chapters? Well, I really tried to be a sport and read these chapters. You consider so, that being a sport? Well, yeah, I wanted to, you know, be a good sport and participate with you guys. My problem is... It's also kind of your job on this podcast to participate in our shit. I don't think it is. I mean, it's I It's all of our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? All right, all right. Here's the thing. You, okay. I think that she is just a twit. Like, she goes to, like, a Balinese ninth generation medicine man, and she gets to ask, one question, and the question is, "Hey, wait a minute, how wait a minute, Bonnie. A great, what? Bonnie, what does this have to do with any of the chapters we read this week?" That was in a chapter, chapter no. seven. She's just saying it why was. she doesn't like her. Oh, oh, I see, I see. Okay, she goes to the Balinese ninth generation medicine man. She gets to ask one question. What's the one question? How do I have a do great I- time? <laughs> And still believe in God. Like, oh, no, that wasn't the question. I don't remember that at all. What was the question? No, that was was not the question. Her question was, do I look good in these pants? That's right. That's (laughs) what I remember. And then, okay. So, Bonnie, do you have anything on the chapters we read this week? These are the chapters. Seven, eight, nine. Where were you? No, those uh, aren't the 50, chapters oh, we read six, this week. 16 we through read... 25 was this week. What chapters? Oh. Oh. 16 through 25. Well, Last week we did 16 through 15. I guess I didn't 15. pay it. Well, you got, okay. So right. I guess you know I what? didn't pay that much attention. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I you guys didn't bring these up from the oh. West. From you the weren't West. even listening to us last week when we did the chapters and the week before when we did the chapters you're talking about. Oh Motion to censor Bonnie Burns. Before yeah, you censor I think, me, I think we should you censor guys didn't Bonnie. bring these Do I have a second? Up. Okay, we have a second. Bring these things up. Bonnie, okay, you are I have one more thing to say. I would, I I would remind say, our audience that the, that the gentlewoman from Simi Valley is speaking under censure at this point. Okay, I'm under censure, but I have <laughs> one more thing to say that you guys okay. have now made me forget because oh, <laughs> you took me off wow. my point and now shit. Fuck, I'm so upset I can't remember what I was going to say. Uh, Wouldn't that be great okay. if that's what Elizabeth what? had written to herself? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know what it is. Okay, so here's what I think. There's 
somewhere in this book. No, wait, that's not going to be it. Hold on a minute. (laughs) No, we're going to be on the 50th shade of gray and she's still going to be on the first one. (laughs) No, give me a minute. I need a wrap up. I need a wrap up. Give me one second here. What's what's upsetting here, Bonnie, is that it's very clear that you were not listening to anything that me and Paula were saying up until this point. No, but I brought up things that you guys didn't cover. Because it yes, wasn't because the chapters we were, we were reading. Another another part of the book that we just read. <laughs> um, okay, this is what I think. I want to tell you this. You know, somebody in this book, I forget, they say something about she has to learn to get out of her head. Is that what it is? And get in her heart? I don't know, and Bonnie. Thought, that was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, all right. Fuck you, people. Go ahead. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better conclusion, Um, Bonnie. Fuck you people, go ahead. So that our listeners and those who are participating correctly in the book club can know (laughs) what chapters are we reading for next week? We are reading chapters 26 through 35. 26 through 35. A lot. How many are left? A lot. I don't know. We're still in Italy. Yeah, it's not a long book. It's just feeling that way. But, I, you, Bonnie, I do think when you do get around to ca- covering chapter 16 through 25, you might agree that it gets a little more interesting because she she does some stuff. All right, now let's she let's eats. go to Tony Anita Bonnie. Hall. She eats. Yeah, that's what she that's, does. She just keeps eating. Paula, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> she, she goes out for cream puffs or something. Is she it's, like lasagna? She's a glutton. That's, she's eating everything. It, tons she's of writing gelato, to herself, what pasta. do you want to do? And 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 then she writes back, put my finger down my throat so I can eat some more. She's not really all that. <laughs> she's not anybody to pattern yourself after, I don't think. Well, no, let's see I what agree. Tony Anita Hull thinks. Tony Anita Hull, welcome back. Thank you. What did you think of these chapters? So I do think these chapters get more interesting because we are meeting, I think, some interesting characters. Um... But first of all, I do think she needs professional help still. I said that last week. <laughs> and then secondly, secondly, you know, she's not having raise sex. your hand before you talk. Uh, Adam, do you do you see Tony's hand raised? I do. Tony, I'll call on her. Tony, continue, please. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, she's not having sex either in Italy. She's just eating. Yeah, there's a section in this week's reading, uh, which Bonnie wouldn't know, where she talks about the fact that she's not having sex, which is really weird for her because she has sex all the time and she's really good at it. And she gives all of herself to her boyfriends and everybody is attracted to her. And yet, for some reason, nobody's hitting on her and she's not having sex. Yeah, she does say something to that effect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because now she's what, Adam, 30? Tony, is she 30? And she's like, you know, and she's mourning that she's not, you know, 20 anymore. And so no one's looking at her. I mean, it's really, oh my God. She's a little, okay. She's a little, you know, and it's interesting that she's not in her 20s because her self absorption is really at a 20 year old level. You still got it. Um, Tony, having patterned your life around this woman's journeys, uh, what, what are you thinking now that you're reading it again like that? Yeah. Nothing that is like a big revelation. I mean, your problems follow you no matter where you are. 
But we don't have That's to all. read this book to know that. We learned that <laughs> in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Clinician <laughs> movie. <laughs> that is correct. Thank you, Paul. Tony, Tony, Tony how, how old were you when you first read the book? Um, I was probably in my... I was probably like 25 or 26. Oh, yeah. So you were like target audience age. Yeah, absolutely. I was the target audience. Yeah, you absolutely. You were ground zero for this book, yeah. Tony, did you have um, Eat, Pray, uh, Love jammies and uh, Eat, Pray, Love lunchbox? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you right now. <laughs> the, the thermos said eat on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all right, Tony, did you get beads? No, I didn't. Bullshit. Oh, you got beads. No, I didn't. I, I bet she did. She got beads. I, didn't. I know she Tony got beads. Tony Anita Hull, uh, I'm going to pass a sense of book club resolution that you did have beads, whether you acknowledge it or not. <laughs> Fine. You can't fight City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with that, I'm going to call the book club to a to a uh, crashing halt and ask Paula, do you have a vocabulary word for this week? And tell me it's not from Eat, Pray, Love. Um, you know, Adam, I think I do. Ooh, I have a word. It's nader. It's a noun that means the lowest point in the fortunes of a person or organization. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Being lost without shelter and penniless were difficult circumstances, but losing cell phone reception brought our hero to his nadir. Here, I'll use it in a family setting. Would you like a little more roast beef? I'm looking forward to back to school night tomorrow night. Mom, back to school night was two weeks ago. Oh my gosh, did Scott's parents go? I can tell you what they said. We have to wear sneakers for P.E. They need donations of printer ink. There's a five miles per hour speed limit in the east parking lot where the vaccinated and masked students get dropped off. And the anti-vaxxers use the west parking lot and there's no speed limit. <laughs> Honey, where's the cheese sauce for the broccoli? I didn't make a cheese sauce. I grilled it. It's very flavorful. I like it with cheese sauce. Dad, if having no cheese sauce is your nader, you're a lucky man. I risk my life to go to school. Is that how you feel, son? That you're risking your life when you go to school? Yes, it is. Well, that's a tough spot, but it's no excuse for using words like nader at the table. Dad, <laughs> nader means the lowest point in the fortunes of a person or organization. Well, that's fine, but I would like a cheese sauce. It's a fantastic word, Nader. I wish I could remember. Adam, Adam, answer the phone. Oh, the phone? Answer the phone. I, I, I don't want to answer the phone, Paula. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapped with, uh, with this Nader thing. Oh, right. The phone is, the phone is ringing. Answer it. All right, all right. Hello. Hello, Adam. It's me, Woody Rose Feynman. I would like to sing the vocabulary song today. Uh, 
Hi, pa- hi, Winnie. But uh, you see, Paula was about to sing the vocabulary song, which is what she usually does. So I'm afraid that slot's not open. It's fine with me. I'll even accompany you on the on the uh, glockenspiel, Winnie. Thank you, Paula. Oh, Jesus. There you go, Winnie. There's your intro. This week's word is nadir. It's a noun that means the lowest point in the fortunes of a person or organization. I'm trapped in an elevator with an evangelical Christian and a nauseated Dalmatian. Last week's word was mumpsimus. It's a noun that means a traditional custom or notion adhered to, although shown to be unreasonable. No one's mean at Christmas time because it's unseasonable. The week before that, the word was sucker. It's a noun that means help given to someone who is suffering or in difficulty. Winnie. Winnie. (laughs) Winnie, what's wrong? Nothing. Not nothing. You're crying during the vocabulary song. I'm having my nader. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We were supposed to hang out after the game. You promised right on your stupid cockamamie podcast. You promised. Winnie, first of all, that's insulting towards my podcast. And second of all, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We can't hang out. The former Miss California says it's over. Oh, Jesus. Winnie, you really have to watch your sourcing. The former Miss California is not an infectious disease doctor nor a public health expert. For her talent, she was a homophobe. Besides, (laughs) you're unvaccinated, Winnie. I'm vaccine hesitant. I'm life hesitant. I live with my mother. Who, if she knows you called me, will be very upset. I didn't call you. You called me. Shh, shh, she's coming. I've got to go. Call me again sometime. Not this late, though. I did Wow. Uh, Winnie Rose Feynman, everybody. Boy, she brought something entirely different to the vocabulary song. Yeah, she sure Ooh. did. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that happened. Oh, and um, I hate to be that guy, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced nadir. Um... <laughs> I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, and I certainly remember what it felt like. Uh, okay. All right, hold on. Uh, Tony, are you Googling it already? I am Googling it. Um, will you push the button to, uh, where, will you push the button where it does the, um, uh, the audio of the word? Yep, I will. Here we go. Hater. 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 Ah. I, I'm pretty sure that Adam, that Nadir Adam, is a thing. Adam, wait, 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 hold on. Answer I the phone. To, wait a minute, Adam, guys. answer the phone. Oh, wow, this is weird. <laughs> uh, oh, all right, I'll answer the phone. Hello? Hello, Adam. You stupid fucking <laughs> son of a bitch. It was Nader. Paula was right. It was Nader. I've reached my Nader. All right, call me again. Right. Call me again. Bye. <laughs> all right. I was, I, I, you know, I stand corrected. Although, um, I'm pretty sure that it, that it's Nadir. You know, let me ask you something, Adam. Yeah. Have you, um, do you feel 
you've reached your nadir by being wrong about the pronunciation of the word nadir? No, I'm pretty sure that uh, pretty sure that that at the very least nadir is a an alternate pronunciation. Oh, you know what you're thinking of? Do nadir, a female nadir. <laughs> no, no. Tony, are you googling it? Wrong. Adam, Adam Felber was wrong. Adam, I do think you're right. I think it's. I think they're both correct. Oh wait, Paula, answer the phone. Fa. Paula, the phone. It's the phone. Fa. No, no fucking way. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Here it is. Here it is, right here, everybody. This is the uh, Merriam-Webster pronunciation of nadir. Yeah, you know what that is? That's Merriam-Webster talking to her friend Nay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nadir, all right. Nadir, can you lift this dictionary? That's, yeah, that's Merriam-Webster. Nadir. All right. <laughs> Coming up, Harry Truman once said, you want a friend in Washington? Get a dog. Of course, that was before his schnauzer voted for Dewey. Bad dog. We'll talk about making dogs look their best, whatever their politics, next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. 
That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress with my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler Five Pocket Pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're <laughs> European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get 14-karat uh, gold jewelry and, like, all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. <laughs> On this day in unremarkable history, Job said, You forgot the murder hornets. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, house band William Nakamura. So, Paula, although you're doing live shows again, it kind of all feels pretty precarious, doesn't it? Yeah. Despite my shows and my burgeoning online empire of products at paulapoundstone.com, I can't help noticing that most of my time is spent caring for my pets. So I find myself wondering, is, is there a way to monetize that? I mean, my personal pets don't have a lot of money, at least not that I know of, but... There are other more well-to-do pets out there, so could I make it as, uh, like, I don't know, maybe a dog groomer? Did you say a dog groomer? Yeah, could I do that? Well, I, this is uncanny, Paula, but we have a very special guest here who can help guide you on your voyage. No. Yes, it's time for Career Corner, where we learn about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? How about a train engineer? Maybe you'd like to make a living as a spot welder. What can you do with your life? Career Corner has the answer. This week, let's explore a career as a dog groomer. Here to help Paula discover if she could cut it in the stressful, high-stakes world of dog grooming is a woman who has been called a Zen master for doggies. Please welcome dog groomer and owner of Mavericks Mobile Grooming in Santa Clarita, California, Layla Parks. Yay! Layla! Welcome, Layla. Hi, everyone. Hey, thanks so much for being here. It's a pleasure. I'm so happy to be here and uh, find out if you got what it takes to be a dog groomer, Paula. Well, what what does it take, Layla? What does one need to succeed as a dog groomer? Oh, boy. Well, that list is never ending. But I think first and foremost, one of the most key things to success in being a dog groomer is having a ton of patience. Um, you wouldn't believe the things that you come across when you're grooming dogs. And sometimes you just want to sit there and scream. So you have to be one of the most patient people that walks this earth. What do you mean stuff that you find? Well, like woven into their fur or something like some gross stuff or something like that. Well, I've seen countless things. I've seen foxtail sucking fur you get dog pimples that you know you never even knew that existed on dogs but it's pretty fun I didn't know yes. that existed no and you probably thought they were a nipple 
<laughs> yeah, you don't want to mistake one of those for a nipple. Those are just kind of the mild <laughs> things. You see everything. Will I work out of a mobile unit or a bricks and mortar place? Well, um, either is possible. Personally, I'm out of a mobile grooming trailer. Um, Most people have a van, but I decided to do something a little bit different with a trailer because you get a little more space. Many dogs don't like going into the groomers. It's super stressful for them. So this is something that um, I think is key in success. And actually, most of my clients, they'll actually just come and jump right in my trailer. They're happy to be there. They don't have to go and be around a bunch of other dogs or any anything like that. They just get their own safe space where they're just happy. Ooh. Do dogs smell fear in the vehicle? Oh, absolutely. I personally, I try to stay away from fear. So I'm, I'm, I'm an animal lover through and through, and I'm not afraid of dogs at all. So a couple weeks ago, actually, I got bit in the face while I was just meeting a dog. Yeah. I had to go to the emergency room and I had to get stitches on my face. And, um, I actually went back and I groomed that dog a few days later and we got through a full grooming session. So it's really important to not be afraid. So they can definitely sense fear, but they can absolutely also smell other dogs on you. So I come home smelling like a dog. My mom treats me like a dog. She's like, you're not allowed on the furniture until you shower. (laughs) <laughs> so I hope that dog apologized. Yeah, the dog she, you know, I always look every dog deserves a chance to to have a safe space. You never know what they've gone through, what experiences they've had with other groomers. All I can do is do my best to ensure they have the best experience. And that's hard because that's not always a money maker, you know. I'm not there to just get in and out. I'm there to care for the animals. So I guess it just depends on what kind of dog groomer you want to be. But that's the kind that I am is genuinely wanting to help animals. You are you are the Nancy Pelosi <laughs> of dog groomers. <laughs> this was January 6th. You, you got bitten in the face and then you went right back and groomed that dog anyways. That is a beautiful story of courage and commitment and and patriotism. Um, I know what I was wondering was, did the dogs smell other dogs' fear? Well, in my trailer, there's never any other dogs in there at the same time that I'm grooming another client. So it's just single dogs, like every every single appointment I do. There's only one dog in there unless it's siblings that need to be together. They have separation anxiety. And to be honest, I would pretty confidently say that even if there was another dog in my trailer, there would be no sense of fear coming out of it because I'm I'm that confident that my my patience and, and my commitment to my work with my animals, I would sure mm-hmm. hope that they're not feeling any sort of fear while they're in there. You probably have them journal, uh, like the the lady in the <laughs> Eat Pray Love book did. Um, that's probably uh-huh. keeps keeps the fear to a minimum. Now I'll tell you something. I I have to put a muzzle on my dog, Mo, just to even brush her. She can't go to the vet. She got a rabies shot, but that had to be done, like, in my car. The vet had to come from behind. I had to lay on top of the dog. She won't let anybody oh else God. touch her. So Yikes. how do you get a dog to allow you, a stranger with equipment, with a blow dryer and clippers, for heaven's sake, <laughs> to allow you to groom them? So believe it or not, Paula... of the time, 
once I separate a dog from their owner, they are little angels. They completely let go of everything. A lot of the times when they're around their owners, they want to protect you. They want to stay attached to you. So they react in certain ways that doesn't reflect how they usually behave. So as soon as I get those dogs away from their owners, they're like, okay, you can do whatever you want to me. It doesn't always go that way. I have had to muzzle dogs. I do use soft muzzles, um, just, you know, but most of the time it's not because the dog is like so aggressive. It's for my own protection because I always keep the mindset that I am a stranger to them. I am poking and prodding at them. I'm touching their butt. I'm going in between their paw pads, playing with their toes, sticking stuff in their ears. Like, would you like a stranger doing that to you? You know, no, so I don't. Yes. I pay. I pay for that. Uh, I don't care what kind of vehicle they pull up in. No. But let me but let me ask you a specific question, because you know how some people um, make sure to wash and style their hair before they go to the hairdresser because they just want it to be clean and stuff. Mm hmm. Should we be doing that with our dogs? And I'm, I'm, let me explain why I'm at, why I'm asking you. For the first time in my life, I have a poodle mix, a cockapoo, and I love her. But as I'm sure you're aware, the poodle mixes, they don't shed. The hair just keeps growing. They keep puffing out, and it gets pretty gross. Right. So even though I wash my dog like every two weeks or three at most, you know, I've got a, I've got a dog grooming appointment tomorrow. Is it courteous of me to give her a bath beforehand to get rid of the grossest parts? It won't make a difference. We take care of everything. I mean, it's always great, especially if you have a curly-haired dog. If you could brush them, you that's the number one rule is you should just always brush them. But you shouldn't worry about sticking them in the bath before or trying to get them more clean. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. Like, it's my job to get your dog clean. Yeah, but her her butt's not in great shape. Hey, let me tell you, <laughs> 95% of the dogs that I get have poop stuck all over their butt. It just happens. I mean, that's why you pay people like me to do the the nitty-gritty, the dirty stuff like, you know, shaving <laughs> shaving the poop out of your dog's butt area and don't even get me started on the anal gland expression. That's the real no. fun part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew Boy, we were this, going there. This, this, <laughs> car, this career opportunity is seeming more and more remote. <laughs> yeah, this anal gland thing. I feel like like most people I know and myself, that my anus expresses itself really well. Um, but there's this dog thing about gland expression. I, I do we want to get into that or do we not want to get into you that? You know, I think it's a really important part of figuring out whether or not, you know, Paula would ever pursue this type of career because, you know, this is part of the job and it's part of, you know, everyday health for, for dogs. So I think it's important to touch on it. Well, couldn't I just do the job and then bring in a specialist for the anal glands? <laughs> couldn't that be where, like, like, I get the dog and I bathe the dog and I trim the poop out of its fur and then I, I I click it in a car seat and drive over to Adams and he does that part I think that's a good idea wait how did I suddenly become Mr. Anal Gland what the hell is that <laughs> from your from your Marvel movie uh, uh, hero stardom Mr. Anal Gland <laughs> alright so go ahead and tell us what that disgusting thing is well 
you asked me, you know, can't you hire a specialist? I mean, I suppose you could, but you know, you want to, you want to make money in this career. You want to succeed. Then you got to do what you can to make money, you know, and, and that includes anal gland expression because sure they, you can say, I'm not going to do it. And then they can take their dog to the vet, but then that's money you're missing out on if you could have just done it yourself. So, and And then what would she be doing? So what you have to do to express anal glands is definitely do it in the tub. That's going to be my first rule. Then have soap handy. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Okay. Okay. You're going to grab the tail and you're going to, you're going to pull the base of the tail up on the dog. And once you do that, you're, you're going to feel the, the butthole pretty much protruding a little bit. And around the butthole, there's these two sacks and you can feel them. They're on each side. And pretty much what you do is you cup your hand in there and you have to get behind the sacks and then you pretty much squeeze them, you know, outwards. And at that point, it's either usually a, like a mucusy explosion of just horrible scents and like green brownish, you know, liquids that are just squirting oh, out. There's no fucking wonder other dogs can't smell the former dog's fear because the the fear smell has been covered up by this disgusting practice. <laughs> it, that's actually perfect that you said that because anal gland secretion is actually what dogs do to mark sense on things. So that's how dogs, you know, they can sense that another dog was there. Why why can't they manage it themselves though? (laughs) You know, I want to say it's because of just, you know, how breeding has gone. Usually when dogs um, poop, they should be able to express their glands themselves, but that's not the case for many dogs. So we have to do it ourselves and, they can get impacted and then you're dealing with squeezing out like it almost looks like noodles coming out of the butt, honestly, like brown oh, noodles. No, yeah, it's no, it can no. get pretty <laughs> gross. And it the smell is just absolutely horrible. I'll sit in there. Jesus. I'm like, breathe through my mouth. And then I'm like, maybe it doesn't smell. And I'll breathe through my nose. And next thing you know, I'm like, <laughs> I, I bet you when you do career day, when you go for career day at a school, uh, you know, your table is not surrounded by students. Oh, everybody loves dogs, and, and not everybody knows about expressing anal glands. Exactly. Yeah, but, oh, my God. That oh, is, my God. That is repulsive. I, you know what? My dog's in the room with me right now. One of my dogs is. I can't even look at her. I totally get that. Uh, you know, um, Kinky Friedman once said, money can buy you a fine dog, but only love can make him wag his tail. <laughs> And only people like Layla here can make that tale less disgusting. <laughs> Who wants more grooming advice? You do. Yes, you do. And you can have it when we come back. So stay, stay good, nobodies. <laughs> <laughs> the cat of the week is Jazzy Cakes from Hope, Idaho. And we're back with Layla Parks. Uh, Paula. 
All right, Layla, so let's get to basics here. Say I'm a dog groomer, and I'm going to give somebody's dog the works. What's included in the works? All right, Paula, the works, um, at least in my books, that includes, you know, the typical bath, brush, blow dry, nail trim, anal gland expression, ear cleaning, and every single one of my clients gets a blueberry facial. Oh, what is that? (laughs) That's right. So they technically what a blueberry facial is. So it's my blueberry scented soap and it is tearless. So pretty much I get my little fluffers in the tub and they actually enjoy this part. So I just lather up their face real good and I give them about a five minute massage all over their face on their snout. They usually close their eyes. They'll start like tumbling over because they're so relaxed. It's the that is a riot. Yes. Um, so like how long a process is all that? Um, I give myself, especially with new clients, I give myself two hours. Wow. That's on the safe side. Even if it's a chihuahua, because I can get a chihuahua that, you know, I can do everything under the sun and they won't even let me touch one of their nails. Wow. When I drop off my dog, I'm usually told, Hey, yeah, yeah, we'll call you in uh, three hours or so. Wow. Right. Maybe that's because there's other dogs in the uh, in the grooming place. Absolutely. But. And that's another thing that you're paying for when you go mobile is, you know, they're not being stuck in a cage and waiting and there's no cage dryers. That's what they use in brick and mortar shops a lot is they have these cage dryers. So they won't fully hand dry them. They'll just kind of, you know, dry them off and then they'll stick them in a cage that actually has a dryer on it. And then they sit there for, you know, a little while until that does its job. And then they'll go back to grooming once the dog is fully dry. But I've got to get everything done right then and there. Oh. Huh. Um, how do I, as a customer, how would I identify a good dog groomer? Because they're all going to say they're good, right? They're all going to say, oh, I'm great with dogs. Uh, you know, how, what are the kinds of things that you look for when you're talking to the person? You know, it's actually not about your relationship with the person. You should look at how they're treating your dog. I personally, you know, when I come to a client's house, the first thing I do is get down and greet the dog. And that's controversial. Some people are like, oh, you should never get in a dog's face. You know, and I'm living proof I got bit in the face, but I still believe I'm like, I'm going to be doing uncomfortable things to them. Like they better get to know me on a comfortable level and they better do, you know, it's got to be fast. So I, I think it's really how you see them interacting with your dog. And then afterwards, you know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes dogs are just so afraid of groomers that they're just terrified. They're like, get me out of here. But I would say a really good portion of my clients, they want to walk back out the door with me when I drop them off. That's nice. They're happy to be with me. Also, don't be afraid to check out like where they're taking your dog. Like ask them, can I see your setup? And if they're being shady about it, that's probably not the best sign. I'm like open door policy. You need anything, you come on in. If you want to see what I'm going to be doing, where I'm going to be doing it, absolutely. That is, you know, you should know everything. If I'm going to use a muzzle on your dog, like if you tell me they might be a little bit aggressive, I'm going to let you know, you know, I might put a muzzle on your dog just for my own protection and, you know, for their protection too, because I don't want either of us getting hurt. Um, all right, now my dog Mo is part golden retriever and part Newfoundland, and she gets dreadlocks near her ears. What do you do for that? So that's actually a very common problem, especially I see it a lot with you know golden retrievers actually. Um, so 
you actually don't want to scissor out those mats because once those mats get, they're, they're called mats, the knots that you're referring to. Um, once they get so close to the skin, they actually, they can come to the point where there is no separation from that clump of, of hair to the skin. Uh And that's really painful. So you don't want to be taking scissors in there because you honestly can't see where the skin is and where the hair is. So the safest thing to do actually is to what, what we groomers use for our like safety blade on our clippers is a number 10 and that gets mats out like no matter what. And then to prevent that from happening, you can thin the hair behind the ears once it's all cleared, you know, maybe even just, you know, take it pretty short behind the ears so you don't have to worry about it. Um, those those can definitely be be tricky, though, but you never, ever, ever want to get those wet. If, if they get really matted on any part of the body, never stick your dog in the bath. It's going to make it worse. <laughs> oh, OK. By the way. She will eat me before she lets me use an electric <laughs> thing behind her ears. She's just that would be a that would be a deal breaker, I think. I think I'm starting to understand why my dog always gets such a good report card from the groomer. <laughs> she just kind of stands there and takes it. Whenever I pick her up afterwards, there's always these either people say or they write these loving things about what a great dog she is. And I think my reaction is usually she's not that great a dog. She's just terrified. <laughs> See, wow. That's we love. I mean, you will get those dogs and they'll just sit there. They'll be like, oh, pedicure. OK, they hand you your like their paw. Oh, my gosh. They're they're amazing. Yeah, that's that's Luna. So you write notes like they're students or something. You write notes. We to the- have doggy report cards. Actually, I usually just do them verbally. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, I love your dog. Please book again so I can come back and hang out with your dog. That's usually how I verbalize it. And, you know, for the little naughty babies, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I had to put your chihuahua in the naughty hammock, which, you know, I have a little, (laughs) I have a little hammock that I I suspend them on my grooming arm and and they, they, they just have to hang there while I do their nails because then they can't run away from me. (laughs) Wow. Ooh. Yeah, if my dog Mo ever went to a groomer um, and I got like the note from the groomer, there would be like drops of blood all over the note. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Layla, that was excellent and enlightening. And now we're going to take that information and run it through the old Pouncedinator. Paula? House band William Nakamura on the tuba. As always, you sound fantastic. I love the sound of the tuba. Thank you so much. If I could get a little background music, I'll tell you what the old Pouncedinator spit out. Layla Parks, thank you so much for helping me understand the challenges that I would face if I made my living as a dog groomer. I can picture it now. Andrea, thank you for giving Paula's pretty pooches a chance to groom Buddy. He was a very good boy today. Yes, he was. <laughs> Cavapoos are such a wonderful breed. Who's a very good Cavapoo, Buddy? You are. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm sorry? Oh, is there blood on my shirt? That's all right. There's more shirts where this one came from. I used to sell them. It's a tripoly blend. Go ahead, touch it. Remarkably soft, huh? Yeah, that's a self-portrait. It's the back of me on stage. I used to be a stand-up comic. 
It was great, but I hated the self-promotion. You know, constantly having to say, I'm going to be at the Athenaeum in Chicago Saturday, October 2nd. I just hated doing that. Plus, I didn't get to spend my days with little fur babies like Buddy. What a good cavapoo you are. Yes, you are. Did I do the blueberry face massage? No, I didn't. You know, it was a judgment call. It just seemed like Buddy had had about enough of me messing with him. There are drops of blood on the floor, aren't there? Well, I guess it is more like a puddle. I'll just wipe that up with a cloth. Don't worry about that. Did I miss a spot on his backside? I'm sorry. I guess I did. I tell you what, I'll do extra the next time and I'll give you $5 off. Oh, is there blood on my pants? I don't mind. These are cargo pants. It'll come right out. Listen, can you do me a favor and take the table leash off, buddy? I can't really move my left arm. What's that in his mouth? He picked it up over there in the corner. What do you have there, you good dog, you? Oh, it's my forearm. Give me that, you silly dog. Did I express his anal glands? I didn't. I'll tell you what. Do you watch the Weather Channel? Good. Well, keep your eye on that. And when they report that hell has frozen over, bring him back in and I'll do that. <laughs> so paula now that you've learned what it takes to be a dog groomer could you do that job on Saturday, October 2nd, I'll be in Chicago at the <laughs> Athenaeum Theater. On Thursday, October 7th, I'll be in New York City at Town Hall. And Friday, October 8th, I'll be in Madison, Wisconsin at the Capitol Theater. Uh, you can get tickets at paulapoundstone.com. Click on the tour page and uh, fill your heart with hope by filling your mask with laughter. <laughs> All right. And she is the owner of Maverick's Mobile Dog Grooming, Layla Parks. Thank you so much for coming on our show. You were just Woo! fantastic. Thank you, guys. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> coming up next, you've got some gripes, and we're here to honor them and lift up your voices. We mean it this time. The complaints department is next. <laughs> Fun fact, the only letter of the alphabet that doesn't appear in any American state name is Q. But I'm sure there's nobody out there that will read too much into that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> We're back. Um, hey, Paula Poundstone, how you feeling? Oh, good. Like calm. I think I feel calm. Like, like, like in a nice mental state. We just had a nice interview with a nice dog grooming lady. Layla was fantastic. Very nice. I, okay. I didn't have to get into. I didn't have to get in the naughty hammock even once. Okay, and I, I want to say that I've taken some time to do some breathing during those commercials, and um, I feel ready too. Uh, because it's time for a complaints department. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's time for the complaints department, yeah. All and right. I okay. have to say, in in our history, uh, we haven't been to um, 
we haven't been too sanguine, if you don't, if you don't mind me using a future vocabulary word, about the the complaints department. You and I have kind of taken some of the uh, criticisms badly. Oh, not this time. Not this time. Yeah. Well, and I don't want our listeners to know that we really do love all your feedback, even when you're kind of bitching at us. And, and when I'm Paul sure and I have decided, perfectly valid. Yeah, and if it's not, it's our job to say I hear you, and maybe I feel differently. But we don't, we don't yell at our listeners, do we, Paula? No. We don't demean or belittle. No. So we're going to take a new, fresh, no. nicer Paula and Adam approach to the complaints department. All right, Woo! it's a complaint. It's a complaint. It's a complaint. It's a complaint. Yeah. All right. So, Bonnie, thank you for setting the tone with that theme song. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tony and Anita Hall, come on up here. And uh, the kinder, gentler Paula and Adam are going to gonna hear, hear some of these complaints from our listeners and really hear them. Okay, here we I'm, go. Let me, just, let, me, let me just begin by saying I know I'm not perfect. I'm not I'm not perfect. I, I know I do things wrong. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's helpful to have my errors pointed out so I can yes. change and grow. That's important. And I want to piggyback on that and say that I also know that Paula's not perfect. See? And I'm not perfect. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and I, I, too, want to change and grow. Okay. All right, Tony. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Break it out. Hit us. Okay. This first one comes from Cindy Silva. I don't feel enough was made of the return of Tony Anita Hall. It sounded like you hadn't even missed her. Cindy Silva. This is something wow. that a lot of people don't know about Tony Anita Hall, <laughs> which is Tony Anita Hall is a fine writer. And her pen name is Cindy <laughs> Silva. <laughs> Lies. Lies. Yeah, no, Lies. no, no. You know what? I, I kind of agree. Um, but I think the problem was there was a transitionary period for two weeks after Tony came back. And personally, I felt like if we made too much of Tony's return, it wouldn't be kind to uh, Tony's erstwhile replacement, Tyler Burke. Um, but but uh, I hear you, Cindy. I mean, thank you for the what? thank you for that criticism. I you know, uh, Cindy. I hope you don't think too much time has passed. Uh, uh, everybody, um, let's just all join in a big welcome <laughs> back, Tony. Tony, welcome yeah. back, we Tony. Oh, we missed Tony. you. It, is, it was a so nightmare good. without you. Oh, oh my God! It's gosh. good to be back. We were so, well, Tony Anita Hall, I, I was beside myself uh, in your absence. I, I, I was heartbroken to have you going for such an extended period. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Culpepper. Mrs. Culpepper is probably Tony Anita Hall's biggest fan on this show, and we're all pretty big fans. Oh, I think we Thanks. are all very, very big fans. Besides which, Tyler Burke was a hellion. He was very, very difficult to work with. Uh, and uh, I never wanted to say anything in front of him, but oh my heavens, he had Bonnie Burns feeding him grapes. I don't think that's true. Uh, oh, she was. She bowed and scraped to him. She did everything Tyler Burke wanted. I, I, I tried to get a dressing room, and there was, I got nothing. I got a, 
I, I wow. got a shower curtain uh, that I can dress behind. That's all I got. <laughs> Where's Tyler? Bo- oh, Tyler this and Tyler that and Tyler this. Uh, so Tony Anita Hall, I'm so glad to have you back. Uh, thank you wow. for being here. And thank you, Cindy Silva, for correcting Paula and Adam on not having uh, appreciated uh, having Tony Anita Hall back. Yeah, uh, that was definitely... Uh that was, I, I feel good, and it's because of Cindy Silva correcting us and, and offering a little bit of criticism. So that helps well, us know, all. Adam, this has really, you know, with our new attitude about the critiques, I feel like this is going really well. I do, too. Let's keep it rolling. Lay it on us, guys. Okay, this is from Rich, so and it's a little long, so get comfy. Paul and Co. I have been a listener of your podcast since the beginning, including the podcast for this one that wasn't quite as good. I even listened to all of French Trump episodes. <laughs> In the episode before your quote vacation, you answered a person who complained about politics on the show. You said you generally didn't do that. Uh, well, that turned out to be BS with the last episode where we had to hear about all sorts of liberal items not the least of which is how to vote on the recall of the California governor. I can make up my own mind, thank you. There's more to the recall than a dinner at an expensive restaurant, but we will never agree, and thus why we shouldn't voice our opinions on podcasts or in emails. Let the voters have their say without your assistance. I listen to this podcast in spite of the fact that our politics are diametrically opposite each other. My guess is that you wouldn't give the same consideration to a conservative host. Please leave politics at the door. I would love to continue to listen without the slant. You can have whatever left-leaning opinions you want. Just keep them away from this particular microphone. Thanks in advance, Rich. Well, (laughs) Rich, uh... It was going so well until Rich. Uh, um, all right, let me begin here, Rich. Uh, if you have a podcast, uh, even though, according to you, we have diametrically opposed um, political views, Rich, I'll definitely listen to your podcast. Uh, I Are there Republicans that I have liked and have been interested in what they say? Well, I listen to Charlie Sykes, and he's yeah, a Republican. Go. And uh, I liked Warren Rudman, um, the New Hampshire senator who co-chaired the Iran-Contra hearings with Daniel Inouye. Um, I know that's not a long list, um, but it's two. And, uh, yeah, I don't generally talk. I mean, if I did on one or two, okay. I don't think (laughs) I generally talk politics very... uh, in a large percentage, but don't take anything I say, Rich, as something that you have to do. Okay? So if I say vote no on the recall, if I ever said vote no on the recall, if I said it, certainly I'm assuming that you're going to make your own decision. I I don't think you should do everything that I say. Wow. Um, I want to say, Paula, that you... You did an amazing job just there because we, you know, the old version of you and me could have taken a little offense at the way Rich uh, chose to phrase some of this stuff. You mean that in the past I would have gotten really angry at fucking Rich? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, that's yeah, that's you know that. But that was Paula. That was Paula of the past. Rich, yes. if you want to go out on a limb for Angeline, fucking do it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're we're killing this. We're nailing it. Okay, keep it going, Tony. I feel really yeah. at peace with this. Y'all are doing great. Doing great. This one is from Lauren. Hi, I've been a loyal listener since episode one. Never miss. Boy, that's one. how they start out, isn't it? <laughs> that is how they start out. But oh, I'm sorry, about to. Sorry. That's how they do it. But I'm about to unsubscribe. Why? <gasps> because I can't stand oh. listening to Bonnie, and particularly. <gasps> particularly the awful theme song she comes up with. She is not a singer. That is an understatement. I really like the show when it was just Paula and Adam and a guest. That was pre-COVID. But it appears that you are not returning to that anytime soon, and I'm just about at my wit's end. Not sure when I'll unsubscribe, but since the next two episodes are already in the can, probably this week, maybe I'll check back in a few weeks to see if anything has changed. But anyway... Thanks for two years of a lot of fun, Lauren. Wow. All right, let me just say something to Lauren. Uh-huh. If Bonnie is not a singer, then how do you explain the Bonnie Burns Lady Gaga tour? Yes. <laughs> what? Not a singer? What could Lauren yeah, be I mean, thinking? Now, I criticize Captain Crinkle a lot on this show. Um kind of part of our shtick but uh wow that's a, that's a hard one to take because i love having bonnie on this show and um lauren if it if it means losing uh you as a listener to keep bonnie on the show um with respect and love don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out hey bonnie what's what's the goodbye lauren theme song Ah, goodbye, Lauren. Sorry (laughs) to see you go. That didn't hurt my feelings. I enjoyed doing the show. Uh, You know, Lauren, I want to thank you so much for responding and writing in. You know, we solicit people's opinions, and that's your opinion, and we really, really do appreciate it. And so we are going to send you a gift package from Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. A number of items in here, a a, a, a I Love Captain Crinkle t-shirt that comes (laughs) uh, with... Uh, it's oh, and look and look at this! It's it's a CD, the best of Crinkles themes. Yes, that's very very popular. Uh, also, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, Captain Crinkle on your answering machine. Uh, <laughs> Lauren's not home. <laughs> um, and, and, and this and this. Um, cardboard cutout of Captain Crinkle that you can uh, that you can both uh, decorate with uh, paper doll clothes or or just put it near your (laughs) front door. Um, Ooh. I like Captain Crinkle paper dolls. Yeah. 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 So that is, yeah, they all (laughs) yeah, they're all wadded up. Um, So uh, (laughs) Lauren, thank you. And it, and you know what? Thank you, Lauren. It has been a couple of years of lots of fun. And, uh, you know. I think it 
was nice of Lauren to write in. I really do. And I'm sorry, oh, Lauren. What a suck up. If, <laughs> no, I think it really was nice of her to write in. And I'm glad she enjoyed the show. And I'm sorry if my voice gets on your nerves. Oh, my God. You know, Bonnie is now doing like armchair uh, armchair therapy now. She's about to ask Lauren <laughs> to um, put her objections in an in an I sentence. Like, yeah. Goodbye, Lauren. Bye, Lauren. <laughs> All right, we're getting through this, Paula. I feel like you and I have gotten to this point. We haven't exploded yet. No, let's no. See, let's see if we can pull around that bend into the home stretch. Yeah, I really appreciate the abrasive and cruel nature of Lauren's comments. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> All right. Okay, this one's from Marsha. It's very short. Paula, please stop interrupting Adam so much. You can. Be I don't think totally I interrupt funny. anybody, Marsha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Tony. You go ahead. Okay. Paula, please stop interrupting Adam so much. I don't can- interrupt, Marsha, for God's sakes. <laughs> Paula, that was, that was it again. Tony, Tony, just start over. Paula, please. Okay. Sorry. Paula, please stop interrupting Adam so much. You Tony, were you totally- saying something? <laughs> Tony? <laughs> Let's hear what she has to say, Paula. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. Paula, please stop interrupting Adam so much. You can be totally funny in the star of the show without shutting him down so often. Marsha. Okay. All right. Oh Thank, you, Marcia. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you. Uh, do we have a gift bag for Marsha? Um, Adam, let's practice. So okay. you go ahead and say something. Okay. Um, Marsha, I, um, I, I want to thank you for your comment. And uh, I want to speak Adam, for myself you know using. Uh, Never mind. But, but, Don't <laughs> say stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I, you I just like asked you... me to say it. Uh, well, I'm sorry. My mistake. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so Marsha, I want to thank you uh, for considering me, but um, you know, I don't using think I Marcia statements is I- right. Just because somebody writes in doesn't mean they're correct. Uh, that's true, uh, and I would add to that 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 um, and I don't really I do think I interrupt all- Adam. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you. I don't think you interrupt Adam me either. Adam interrupts Paul. I think- me so much more than I interrupt Adam. Let me just say that. Oh, my God. He's a fucking interrupting machine, Marsha. Try living with him. Go ahead. Just try living with him. <laughs> you don't live with me. Shut the fuck up, Adam. I, 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 uh, I'm trying to talk to Marsha. Okay. <laughs> Paula, we can't let our listeners tear us apart, especially ones who are only trying to help the show. Yeah, I appreciate that, Marsha. Yeah. Uh... Thank you, Marsha. We appreciate you. I'll fight my own battles, and I don't feel like I have to uh, battle on this one. I don't feel like Paula really interrupts me hardly ever. No, she doesn't. <laughs> I feel like I get to express myself uh, fully on this show, and uh, Paula usually lets that come all the way through without any kind of interruption. Tell you what I'm not going to express is Adam's anal glands. Um <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say one thing, Marsha, um, which is that we currently are doing this 
show on Zoom for part of it, just with audio, because I really don't need to look at everybody. Um, yeah. And then we also <laughs> use a conference call line. And there are um, funny little uh, time lags on both of these uh, methods of communicating, and it does make us interrupt one another more. Right. Because we'll so. hear a gap in conversation, but when we hear it and start talking, in fact, in, in the real world, the other person has already continued their sentence. Well, Adam, why don't we just have a little exchange between you and I right now where uh -huh. we uh, leave a pause? Okay. I'm leaving a pause for you now, Paula. So that I'm not interrupting you, Adam. And I'm not interrupting you, Paula. What's next on our show? That's you know, so Marcia. boring. Is that what you want, Marsha? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you want? Because that's what you'll fucking get. <laughs> you okay. know, during the pauses, <laughs> I have an idea. Um, during the pauses, Bonnie could do... Um, some more theme songs, and and Lauren will leave last week. <laughs> All right, uh, we're doing okay. I apologize. I exploded a little bit there for a minute, and I feel oh, like yeah. uh, I'm, I need to ratchet it down. And I wanted to say thank you, Marsha and Tony. Do you have any others for us? There's one more. It's from Persis. All right. Okay. Thank you. Are you ready? Here we go. Yeah. Thank you for offering smiles, often a laugh, and some education to boot with your podcast. However, I do not find Adam funny. He does seem to find himself <laughs> laughing way too loud at his words. In early episodes, he played the straight sidekick to Paula. That role was great. Could he try that again? On the other hand, Bonnie and Tony are wonderful at their roles during the podcast. And of course, there's Paula. Sincerely, Persis. Persis. Okay. That Persis. Okay, thank you, Persis. Thank you, Persis. Ah, uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> I will say that it is true that I, other people have pointed out that I laugh at my uh, jokes uh, lately. Um, and going back to what Paula said during the last criticism from Marsha, um, because we can't see each other, uh, sometimes we're relying nowadays on um, verbal cues to let the other person know, oh, I'm kidding, or here's why I'm stopping talking. And so it's true. I have been kind of like laughing after I utter a quip these days to sort of cope with the uh, communication problems due to COVID. Yeah. Um, another way you might do it, Adam, is to say that was a joke. Yeah, maybe I should do that. <laughs> Just... After you make a or, joke, just... Or to, to honor Persis's um, complaint, uh, maybe I should just not offer jokes anymore and be more of a straight man. Um, no. No, you know, I'm sure that... I'm sure that... I, I'm sure that Persis, who, by the way, is a Greek god... That's Perseus. Uh, it's what? Perseus is the uh, Greek... No, now you're back to your mispronunciations. <laughs> okay, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So, so let, me, let me just see if I can sum up what we've learned. Uh, so it looks like 
we have at least, what is it, five, six listeners here that are uh-huh. all but walking out the door on us. And, right. uh, you know, uh, it's one listener at a time, Adam. So I think what we've learned <laughs> is that um, the podcast um, should really just be us sitting quietly. <laughs> well, we, know, we know that we don't want you interrupting me, but we know we want me not trying to be funny, and we know that we don't want Bonnie at all. So, uh, yeah, Ow. that's 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 gonna so, that's gonna leave us with uh, me uh, being unfunny and talking to Tony. No, here's what we're left with. Welcome back, Tony! Yay! <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> well, thank you all for your uh, thank you all for your uh, for your warm and tender <laughs> and and statesmanly worded uh, complaints. And uh, and Rich, go ahead and vote for the California raisin for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you that was fun hey nobodies if you have any questions or comments or, or you know what just as a what? special treat um for um lauren uh i just want to say this has been complaints department yay complaints yay complaints <laughs> yay 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 complaints <laughs> there she we get go. off saying Bonnie isn't a singer what's she thinking she's, she's jealous <laughs> hey nobody's if you have any questions or comments or just want to bitch about how we do anything we do send that to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com hey Paula what's going on in the Poundstone product empire this week it couldn't be better Adam quality <laughs> items are flying off the shelves of Poundstone Industries also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated we don't have any fucking shelves listeners can bring joy to their cats with a Poundstone pussy pillow which is a four and a half inch by five inch catnip filled pillow with a cat choke on one side and an autographed to your cat on the other it also features a grommet at the top so you can tie a string to it and drag it around your dwelling to uh, exercise your furry friends. And those are available at paulapoundstone.com. Click on the store. There's more, of course, but Heidi. And I just want to add that once again, the sales are going through the roof and you don't want to be the last one to pre-order my new book written with Charles Band, Confessions of a Puppet Master. Find it at Amazon.com. You can find links to it uh, um, at, on uh, my Twitter account and on our Nobody Listens to Paul Poundstone Facebook page, and you can get it wherever fine books are sold. All right. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast, and that one's free. You'll get it every week at no charge. And if there's a subject or topic you want to know about, again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That's our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Straight Man Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Layla Parks. Ooh. Thanks, Layla. Thanks, Layla. Thank you, Layla. Thanks to our house band, William Nakamura. I don't think I interrupt. What's that, Paula? I don't think I interrupt. No, you don't. Uh, our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezevnik, and Tony Anita I don't know I interrupt. I don't think They're I interrupt crazy. you, Adam. You don't. Starburns production by Land Romo and Kyle McGraw. Transcription I let you services say Kyle show. McGraw without interruption. 
You did. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. (laughs) Your line, Paula. That's our show for tonight. Yes, you do. A pause. Won't somebody please (laughs) listen to me? I don't know. I'm sorry, do that again. Yes, that's our show for tonight. Sorry. That's our show for tonight. Yes, you do. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? I don't interrupt. I don't. Never. You know, sometimes I'm trying to say something. I feel like I do not interrupt. There are times when I'm just trying to get a statement out, though. Okay, but just let me say this: that uh, like you're not a bad interrupter, but like, you, uh, you, you can do it right now. You're doing it right. It's nothing to do with the I'm delay. Not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You are. You are. I you are. I don't. Yeah. I don't. So I let don't. me just say this. Can I just say I this for just one minute? I just, yeah, she, you're still doing it. You're still doing it. I don't. I don't. I. Yep. <laughs> Starbanks Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.